And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle Tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, I know over the last several months or so, I really haven't answered any listener questions. I've uh, answered people directly, but I really haven't answered any of the questions people have sent in on a podcast. There's just too much to talk about, and I haven't had a chance to, uh, to put together a podcast to answer some of these questions. So on today's podcast, I wanted to answer basically one question. It's, it's a combination, an amalgamation of several different questions that have come in that all revolve around one theme, and that's about the Food and Wine Festival that's coming up in Epcot, uh, next month. And I thought I'd answer all the questions kind of around that all at one time with sort of a general thought about the whole food and wine festival. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, I have the best kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can run a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves the best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way? Have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride? They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. So if you've listened to my podcast in the past, you know that I'm a bit of a Disney lover. And I've eaten at many of the restaurants on Disney property. I once tried to eat at every restaurant on Disney property back in the early 1990s. And you can hear all about that on a very early set of podcasts that I did. There's a, a whole series of them that, that cover that topic. And I did fairly well, but I didn't cover them all. And I don't believe that any one person could, could cover them all, because it's really quite a lot of restaurants that you have to cover. Now, there's something interesting that happens when you visit Disney restaurants, and that is that the quality on a lot of them, especially for the counter service and some of the um, more moderate uh, dining establishments that are sit-down restaurants, is just okay. I'm not going to say it's anything great. Now, the atmosphere at the restaurants sometimes elevates them to a higher level. Sometimes the food is really good, but overall, I'd say, in a general sense, the food at Disney is nothing great. Uh, if you go around to just various restaurants. Now, that is to say, I'm not a huge lover of the food at Disney. I'm not a huge fan. It's just the way it goes. Now, I, you've heard me talk about some of the exceptions, some of the great restaurants I've eaten at, and then for theming, the restaurants are completely... It's a whole other story. Some of the restaurants are just fantastic, and it offsets the fact that the food is just okay. So, 
there's a combination of things that makes the restaurant work. It's the theming and the cast members and the food and everything that kind of makes a lot of the restaurants work. But just specifically about the food, a lot of it is just kind of there. And I know that uh, Disney, especially for baked goods and some of the other um, kind of prepared foods, if you will, um, they make a lot of them off-site. They don't make them in the actual restaurants, and they bring them in, and they warm them, or they, you know, finish cooking them or whatever uh, at the restaurants that are there. So, you know, for sort of the middle-of-the-road stuff, that tends to happen a lot. And so you get, you know, a little bit lesser quality, perhaps. It's not to say it's bad, just perhaps not as good as some of the other stuff. Now, the exception I'll make to all of this, regardless, is some of the high-end dining establishments, of course, and the food and wine festival that goes on at Epcot. Now, the reason is that uh, they're presenting a lot of different foods that are prepared mostly on stage uh, right there in these little kiosks. Now, let me back up for a second and talk about the food and wine festival. You see, uh, Disney decided, um, I think it's in its uh, 19th year now, so as you look at it, you realize they've been doing this for a few years and they've kind of got it figured out. And what they try to do is bring together a sort of a culinary uh, place where people can come and enjoy different foods from around the world. Since Epcot has World Showcase, they present foods from around the world at these uh, different uh, kiosks uh, out in front of all of the um, World Showcase pavilions. And it's really very clever. It started off as just a few kiosks um, outside of the, uh, the various uh, venues that they have there. And it's grown to now 30 booths that are around the World Showcase Lagoon. And it's actually very clever, and they bring in um, foods from around the world. And uh, some of them st are staples, and they stay around. The kiosks themselves stay around. And some of them vary from year to year. Now, this year, um, there, there are 30 booths. There's actually 31, if you want to count the Festival Welcome Center, that has some you know, average food. It's just the kind of fare you'd see everywhere else. But they, um, they present it in a way that makes it really compelling. But the food that's out there by the World Showcase Lagoon is really pretty good. And so they present these 30 kiosks, that each ha represent a country or a, um, a region. And they present in there some food items. So you have a, a main dish or appetizer-sized dish, sometimes a dessert, and then often wines or beers are offered. So there's a lot of different uh, variety in the things that are there. And kind of the cool thing is that they offer some different types of foods, some things you wouldn't see on a menu normally, uh, some things that are a little bit more interesting, and they do offer several ver vegetarian dishes and some gluten-free dishes, which is really great because, you know, as you've heard me talk about in the past, finding vegetarian fare is somewhat hard. It's hit or miss unless you're eating at a high-end establishment. You sometimes can't find vegetarian fare around uh, Walt Disney World. So it's kind of neat to see them do this, and they have these, uh, these foods that are out there. So the portion sizes are about, you know, appetizer size. They call it a main dish, but it's an appetizer size. It's just, you know, a couple of bites of something or, you know, like a small bowl of soup or something along those lines. And the price range is, you know, 5 to $6 range for, sometimes a little more, for the, uh, that appetizer size. And a couple of bucks, four bucks or so for the, uh, for the desserts. And then the wines and beers vary. Um, they're a little bit less than, like, ballpark prices, but, they're, you know, they're still, like, 5 or $6. But the reality is you can have a pretty nice meal that spans the globe for fairly little money. So you can go with, you know, $20 a person and you can pick up several dishes and a, and a drink and really kind of enjoy yourself. And it's kind of neat because you can kind of walk around and see different things and enjoy different uh, foods and experiences and talk to some of the cast members that are from these countries. A lot of times the cast members that work in these kiosks are actually from these countries. Now, the other cool thing is the food and wine uh, exhibition itself. The whole thing is included with your Epcot admission. The food and wine festival goes on from September 19th until November 20th this year, so it's 50 days long, which is pretty long for a food and wine festival. If you've ever seen food and wine festivals in other places, 
They might last as long as two weeks, something in that range. Typically, they're around a week, but this is two months. And it's pretty cool that they're doing this, and they, they have it going on for that long, and they're able to sustain and, and keep the quality of the food up and do some other uh, good things. So for the price of admission, you can come in, you can experience all of these things, you can pay for the food and get whatever you like. You can certainly walk by and smell it. it smells are free. You can pick up the little uh, passport books. You can pick up a guide to the, uh, to the whole thing and carry that around with you. You can stamp, uh, stamp different cards. You can pick up the, the uh, menu cards for each of the restaurants. And that's included in the price of admission. It's just the food itself that's a little bit more. The other thing you can do is Disney offers a number of different events and their signature events that are, that are going on during the Food and Wine Festival. So you can go and get culinary demonstrations, see some top-notch chefs that you may have seen on some of your favorite TV shows, preparing some meals on stage. And it's great. You get a chance to kind of experience it. There's uh, opportunities to taste their food and to have some fun there. You know, they all have a little bit of a cost with them, but, you know, sometimes it's worth it because it's a really unique opportunity that you wouldn't get otherwise. There's also some different... Uh, lunch pairings and dinner pairings where they pair wines and foods together and you get the whole multi-course meal experience with the different wines and it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's some different uh, samplers and tasting things that they do and you know it really is pretty neat how they how they set this up and there's some cool things that they do. And then one of the other cool things they do is they have something called the Eat to the Beat concert series and they bring in an act for every three days or so there's a different act that's performing and they perform uh, three shows a day. You know, at something like five and six thirty and eight, they're out there and they're performing these acts. And it's you know it's groups you've heard of, and they're out there and doing a short set. And it's a lot of fun. And you can sit in the uh, America Gardens Theater and you can watch them. And you can actually hear them from most of the area that's around the American Adventures Pavilion. So it's kind of cool. You get a chance to hear these different bands that you may recognize. And it's all included with your theme park admission. Really, the only thing that costs more are some of these culinary exhibits where you see these celebrity chefs, and then the food itself. Otherwise, everything is included, and it's a really great way to spend a little bit of time and have some fun, especially if you're going to be going to Epcot anyway. You know, it really is, uh, it really is something special and, and something pretty neat. They also have some other free exhibits they do and some other uh, different demonstrations that they do that are, that are free, some book signings and some other uh, things that they have going on. For many years, they've done a cranberry bog. I believe they're not doing it this year, if I've heard correctly. But it's, you know, they have different interactive exhibits. You can see different things and how they work. And it's kind of fun. You know, it's just a way to, to really enjoy yourself. I'm, I mean, last year I actually went um, and I took my oldest son. And we had a great time. We just wandered around and we tried some different things. And we really, you know, we shared a couple of the, uh, the, the plates and it was just fun. We had a really good time just, just uh, tooling around and doing a whole lot of basically nothing, but really just enjoying ourselves because there was so much to do and see. And uh, it really is, uh, really is amazing. Now, with um, 30 kiosks, and each kiosk having uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of um, five or six dishes, plus some beers and wines, you know, that adds up in a pretty good hurry. And one of the questions that I got from a friend of mine, she was talking to me, and she said, you know, one of the things I, I find is when I go to one of these festivals and one of these exhibits, I never know where to start. Do I start at one end and go to the other? Is there something good in the middle? Should I be waiting for this beer as opposed to going to that beer? You know, and that's a really good question. So I took it upon myself to kind of take that to heart, and I actually created an app. It's a free app that's available for the iPhone and the iPad, and it's sort of a social app. What I've done is i put together a listing of all the foods that exist at the Food and Wine exhibit. You can click on the map and go to the foods that exist at that location, or you can search for foods by the different categories, whether it's a main dish or an app. Uh, whether it's a main dish or a dessert or a drink, and you can search for them. And once you bring up the description and so forth, you have the opportunity to put a thumbs up or a thumbs down, whether you liked it or not, 
or you can actually write a review. You could give it up to one through five stars, or you could write a full review on it if you want to. And it all stores there, and that becomes sort of the community thing, so the next person that comes along can look at it and see what's good. They can see, oh, what's the, what's the top thing? What's the best rating things have gotten? Let me see the reviews on this. Let me see what got the most thumbs up. And they, you can pick and choose the things that you want to see first, rather than having to just kind of go through and take it arbitrarily. So it's a lot of fun, I think, and I think people will enjoy using it. Um, and you can go around and check out different things. I've also got in there the schedule of events, the general schedule, and um, also the Eat to the Beat concert series, so you can check that out and uh, see what everything is. And it's, I think it's a lot of fun. And you can go to the Twitter, Twitter feed as well. You can tweet out what you're eating and what you like. Um, and uh, it tweets out to the Epcot Food and Wine. Um, there's a, a specific hashtag that's used for that. And you can see what's trending on there as well. So you can have, um, uh, you can have some interaction with other uh, people who are enjoying, or you might say guests, because we're at Epcot, right? You can actually interact and uh, see what other people like and what they don't like and so forth as you're going through it. And I tried to make it as simple as I could so you could just click and look through and see what's there. And you can kind of pick and choose some things. Of course, you can pick up the map when you walk into the park. But I think this is a little more interactive and a little more fun. And I, I hope you enjoy it. And like I said, it's free. So check it out. And if you like it, that's great. And if you don't, hey, no, no big deal. It didn't cost you anything. I'll put a link to it in my show notes page. It's called Food and Wine Tracker, um, and it's from uh, Kennedy Marketing Services. And you'll you'll recognize it. It's got a uh, an Epcot logo on it, and it's um I actually did something kind of funny. I took a, a soup spoon where you have like alphabet soup, and I wrote out the word food, and then I actually wrote the word wine in sort of a wine script. And so it's food and wine. So uh, you'll recognize it as as being mine. It, as I said, it's free. It's um. But uh, I think, you know, there's some great opportunities to, uh, to be social and to be a part of this. And, I, and I'd like to thank my friend Lisa for coming up with the idea because I think it was very clever. Um, just in that general sense, she, I thought she had a really good idea. How do you know where you should start? And I think a lot of people have that question um, as they're going around different exhibits like this and doing different things. It's, it's the how do I know what's good and how do I know where to start and where do I go and what should I try? Anyway, so that's my diatribe about my own app, and I, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it. Don't have an iPhone or iPad? Hey, and why don't you anyway? It's the greatest device. Anyway, if you don't have one, you can check out our mobile version of this app. Just head over to disneypodcast.net slash foodandwine, all one word, and go ahead and click the link to view the mobile version. You can still get online, be a part of the community, and look at all the food and rate it and review it and everything else you want to do. Just not on an iPhone. It doesn't have all the cool features that you might see otherwise, but you can take part. Now, back to the whole food and wine um, festival itself. You know, this is, this is something that's really um, very interesting by Disney. So when you look at the foods that are there, you'll find... Um, the number of kiosks that are there, there's, there's a wide range of foods of different things. One of the things that caught my attention and really intrigued me was vegetarian haggis. Now, haggis is a Scottish dish that's uh, typically a sheep's stomach um, that's filled with meats and barleys and oats and some spices, and they, they uh, boil it, basically. And um, I've been to Scotland before, and I'll be honest, I did not have the nerve to try it. I was, you know, there was a day that I was in a, in a uh, small shop, and they had that on the menu, and I almost got it, and I just kind of chickened out at the last minute. Now, I admit I wasn't feeling so well that day, so I didn't get it. Now, but I always wanted to try it. I know it sounds kind of iffy as far as we uh, the American palate goes, but I was like, you know, it just sounds interesting. And um, the vegetarian version of it sounds really kind of intriguing, too, because it's similar spices and similar, you know, sort of textures and so forth, but it's obviously made differently. So I really would like to, uh, to try something like that. 
There are some other intriguing dishes, too. As you look around, you know, you look through the, the menu sometimes. There's things that uh, come from other countries, and uh, you'll, see, you'll see things there. Some things are totally recognizable. You'll go, oh, yeah, I know what, exactly what that is. And some you'll say, I have no idea. I've never had that before. I don't know if I really want to try it or not, but uh, you might want to. Now, for example, uh, one that's not so unusual, but a personal favorite of mine is shrimp tacos. And the Mexico kiosk has some shrimp tacos that are um, shrimp taco. They're the uh, fried shrimp, uh, pickled habanero peppers and onions on a flour tortilla. And there's you know lime and some uh, some cabbage crunch that goes with it. That sounds really good. I'd love to try that. There's a gratin that uh, France has that's um, wheat pasta with mushrooms and Gruyere cheese. Ooh, sounds good. Just baked up that way. There's a fisherman's stew. There's a lobster Alfredo. There's a chicken gyro. Uh, there's a uh, grilled uh, Greek cheese. You know, these things, they just sound so intriguing. It's like you think about it and you go, these are things that I wouldn't normally try, but they just sound really good. Vegetarian moussaka. I've had moussaka a number of times, and I like moussaka. But vegetarian moussaka? Wow, that sounds cool. You know, just something really different. I'm sure there's a, a rich variety of vegetables in there with that same flavoring, and that, that just sounds great. So, as you can see, there's so many things you can try. Now, they, of course, there's more um, Americanized palate. There's more things that are uh, available to the American palate that you may like. Um, as you walk along, you may say, oh, you know, the kimchi dog sounds good, or, or the beef sliders, you know, things like that that, uh, that really uh, stand out to you. For those of you who have never been to the island of Hawaii, and I'm one of those people, I've never been there, but I like some of the Hawaiian foods, and there's, there's uh, tuna poke and uh, there's a Kahlua pork slider, and those sound great. I mean, it sounds like something I'd like to try and uh, just enjoy. Now, I am not much of a beer and wine drinker, but uh, there are several non-alcoholic beverages I wouldn't mind uh, sampling, so I'll have to check some of those out. Now, I do plan on going to the Food and Wine Festival myself. I haven't picked out a day yet, but with 60 days in the, in the mix there, I'm sure I'll find a day that works. It'll probably be someday in October, I'm guessing. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll uh, have to tweet out when I'm going, so if anybody can meet up with me, that's great. But, uh, you know, I just want to try out some of these things and, and check it out and check out the whole scene. It's just so much fun to go and to be there, and there are so many people there, and it becomes this big social atmosphere. The only thing I ask, and this is just one simple little thing, is that if you're going to drink, just drink responsibly. Every once in a while you see people getting kind of fall-down drunk, and that's not fun. You know, that's taking it a little too far. So if you're going to drink, just drink responsibly, and if you need to go take a break and go back to your hotel, by all means do. Just please don't drive. I, uh, I look forward to, uh, to checking it out. I, I really want to want to go there. It's just a, a fun way to experience different countries, different cuisines, and really just uh, go in and really kind of enjoy yourself and just be out there. If you go on a nice day and you go into the evening, um, it's really a lot of fun just to go there. The, um, the festival is open from 11 a.m. to park close, which is typically around 10 o'clock. You can watch the uh, Illuminations fireworks from anywhere along the uh, World Show Showcase Lagoon, also included with the park admission, of course. So you can stand there and uh, enjoy a sampling of foods and beers and wines, watch Illuminations, hang out. And, you know, if you get there on a nice day, it's just beautiful. You're hanging out. You can just enjoy yourself. They've set up tables all over the place so you can stop and eat for a few minutes. You know, you, you purchase your food and you, um, you go and you go to one of these tables and you just hang out and you eat. Usually they're in an uh, easy-to-handle uh, case, something that you can just kind of hold on to, whether it's a little cup or a little uh, paper um, basket or something, or maybe a paper plate in some cases. You've got, these cu you've got this uh, conveyance vehicle you can take it with you and go and sit down and eat. And, of course, the regular counter-service restaurants at any of the uh, World Showcase pavilions are also open, serving their regular fare. So if you like any of that stuff and you want to mix and match a little bit, you can do that, too. Now, um, one other tip I'd like to give you. 
they do have available these um, sort of debit cards, and you can I believe that they're linking them to the Magic Bands this year, so you can use your Magic Band to actually make your purchases and make it easy. If you don't have a Magic Band and you want to do it, you can buy one of these little cards. I, I don't. I think the card might. I think the card and the wristband costs a buck or two or something, but you uh, you get it when you you can load it up with uh, cash or with a credit card, and then you go around and as you're going through these different uh, pavilions, you basically just uh, just use it just like you would use the uh, magic bands, and uh, it has a little RF um, ID in it, and you just swipe it against the machine, tap it against the machine, and then it just deducts money off your account. Makes life a lot easier, so you don't have to carry a lot of cash. You're kind of um, setting a limit for yourself if you're not really sure how much you're spending. You, you can keep track of it that way. You can also uh, um, make sure that you don't overspend. It makes it easier, you know, and that way you don't have to worry about always pulling out your credit card and doing everything, and you know how much you're using. So, you know, if you want to set a limit of $25, you put $25 on it, and then you go off and you spend on that. Makes life a lot easier. So I highly recommend doing that. I also mentioned that there's a passport you can carry around with you, and that's really cool, so that way you can see all of the pavilions and get a passport stamp. Sometimes... I'll be honest, it's easier to go for two days, and that way you can experience a little bit more of it, because 30 pavilions is a lot, especially if you want to try a couple of beers. Um, that's an awful lot of beer to consume, or wines. It's an awful lot to consume, even in the course of a day. You might want to spend a couple of days experiencing the entirety of the Food and Wine Festival, and make sure you got a chance to enjoy it and take it in. And don't forget to use my app, because I think it'll make it easier for you to decide which of the pavilions you want to go to, uh, which of the kiosks you're going to walk up to and uh, get some food from. Um, I don't have the prices listed on there, but remember, they're all in that $5-ish range. There might be a little more. Some of them that have more luxurious ingredients are going to be a little more, of course. But in general, they're all in that price range. So you can just go and purchase uh, purchase some food, sit down, eat it, enjoy it. Maybe listen to the uh, whoever's playing at the uh, festival that day for the uh, Eat to the Beat concert series. But um, this is really one of those events that I think Disney does very, very well. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the food in general at Disney, but this is something that really is the exception to the rule. I think they just do such a nice job. Uh, you really get something that's really special and nice. Well, I hope I've answered those couple of questions that uh, people have had. I know there were several questions in my queue uh, about the Food and Wine Festival, about the events that are happening at Epcot. Um, so I hope that kind of answered it generally. Um, it's something, if you're going to be down there anytime between September 19th and November 10th, I highly recommend going. Everything else at Epcot is still open. You can still experience everything Epcot has to offer. You don't have to take in the Food and Wine Festival at all if you don't want to. You have to kind of walk past the pavilions and the booths and so forth, but you don't have to partake in any of it if you don't want to. It's kind of unobtrusive. They just put these little kiosks out um, on the promenade there that, uh, that goes around, and you can just stop at any one of them and pick something up. There's no requirements, nothing you have to do, no special admission, nothing. It's just you go and you enjoy it or not. It's entirely up to you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this look at the Food and Wine Festival. I'll have to give you feedback after I actually go to it, but uh, please do pick up a copy of my app and just enjoy it. And that's it for this week. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found at DisneyWorldPodcast.net Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. 
We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app.